0: Welcome to the Kingless Generation, a podcast on the deep history of class struggle, paleo-parapolitics, and the demonology of capital. I'm your host, Fergal Schmudlock. Warmest greetings from a summery Tokyo, where the wind is blowing through the trees spirits are very lovely uh tree sprites are out you can feel the presence of all these living things around insects nourishing mold spores going back and forth sending messages you have networks of uh fungi fungal networks delivering sugars here and there through the soil it's beautiful uh and uh hope you can take time uh, if not now then soon to just silently connect with uh, reality and feel yourself being alive feel yourself being alive and and hone your concentration hone your focus right hone your like live in the moment all of that right this is a premium episode thank you so much uh to everyone who supports the podcast. Uh, this'll probably this beginning here will probably actually be uh in the preview portion, so I will say uh if you'd like to hear the rest of it, head on over to patreon.com slash irregnata, that's unruled in Latin, feminine singular. And there uh you can pay a low, low proletarian price uh for access to these extra episodes. Um, but you know, I think you'll get the the g- main gist of it anyway. Um, I'll get that out, which is that, uh, there's a, a new Doraemon movie out and normally I don't really give a fuck about anime. So, uh, sorry, I'm not that kind of weeb, but, uh, I, I was, uh, there was a, well, there was, it was a family, uh, context in which, uh, I saw this new movie that just came out It's called uh, Doraemon's Little Star Wars 2021. So what's that about? It just came out just now in 2022. Well, it's actually a remake, like many recent Doraemon movies. They're they're remaking, going through ones from the 80s. This one was from 1985, and it was was delayed a year, supposedly because of coronavirus. But uh, there's some really interesting things to think about. Because uh, so it's called Doraemon's Little Star Wars. It's a real interesting. So Doraemon, uh, let me explain. Uh, I don't know too much. About, I'm no expert myself on this, but uh, just uh, this is something that would be widely known here in Japan. Anyway, uh, Doraemon is like a robot cat from the future. Is the idea, and he's like a kind of imaginary friend to his this human boy Nobita who is usually at home and his mother is sort of obliviously doing housework in the background and she doesn't n- know about Doraemon, I don't think. Uh, but he Do- Nobita is always, uh, so he's kind of like imaginary friend a little bit. Uh, and Doraemon has in his pocket, his magic pocket, uh, all kinds of futuristic gadgets, you know, he can, uh, there's a Dokodemo Demo Doa, so he can put a door anywhere and it's just like a portal to go someplace else he has a takecopta which is a like bamboo copter is, is what it would mean uh it sticks on your head and you can then just fly uh there's all he has all kinds of things like this and that's important in this in this movie uh little star wars uh which is actually you know i think so my thesis here is just going to be this is obviously released right now uh there's certain details as well that I'll get into that point very much toward this. This is very much a product of the current geopolitical moment. And I think that there's increasing evidence that in the post-corona world, this kind of video production, this kind of uh, right media production can happen internationally very seamlessly now. People are really used to working remotely. And so you can whip up something like this actually quite easily. You can time it. Uh, so that it really echoes and resonates with uh, stu- images that are on the news and everything, right, which there have definitely been. So this this movie very much, uh, it was re- the original version, 1985, was released at the height of the Cold War, the height, I don't know, it was the, the near the end of the Cold War, right, uh, when the Cold War was already basically won, but uh, it it it's drives home this basic narrative. Uh, and this, too, okay, uh, this, too, gives us a little view on maybe the original context in which films like Star Wars and E.T. Uh, this is a big, this has, on the surface, you know, little Star Wars, obviously, it's, it's kind of a riffing on Star Wars, it's almost kind of about kids playing with Star Wars toys. At any given moment, you can imagine that it's, that it's about a kid playing with toys. Uh, real skillful use of like meta, um, what would you say, meta world kind of things. You know, there's a world inside a world inside a world. And we go back and forth between them. This is really kind of quite interesting for its time. Uh, and I think it it provides a little view. It goes places and does obje- like explicit propagandistic things that Star Wars and E.T. don't quite do, for the late Cold War context. Okay, that's that's what I'm gonna say. Uh, that's kind of my thesis. And and 2021, right, which comes out right in 20. You know, it was. I think I think that they thought that the Ukraine war would get going a bit sooner or something that that would be like the real kind of tinfoil hat explanation there i don't know but um yeah come out in 2022 with the title 2021 uh and so there's what happens is uh doraemon's boy nobita right nobita and his friends are He's trying to participate, actually, more in, like, Suneo's thing. Suneo is, is this other kid who um, seems to be a lot richer. There's there's He has a, a video set up, and he's, like, taking... This video, how old is video in 1985? Um, it's a bit older in Japan, right? Like, these consumer electronics come out sooner. But uh, still, you know, that's a stretch. Like, that would be quite... He, Suneo's clearly working with quite a budget there, but he is using miniatures and toys and things to shoot a science fiction film of his own in his home, and then the kids get together and, like, watch it on tape afterward on the TV. So this new technology and the kind of, you can think of the kind of kitchen debate, too, right, with Khrushchev. Uh, This is all in the background, right? Um, That foolish, that foolish embrace of, of the discourses of consumerism. Right. But it allows for the, the judo flip. That's an, yet another thing that allows for the judo flip of the late Cold War, the terminal Cold War moment where uh, we basically say, uh, yes, you have to overthrow the evil empire, and the evil empire is the Soviet Union. And once we do that, then, oh, now we've conquered unfreedom and we've conquered uh, tyranny, and that was the real problem all along. And then another thing that we see here, classic theme of modern Japan, is honorary whiteness, uh, and also the idea of uh, alien, an alien in the home, kids discovering an alien, interacting with an alien. This is borrowed very consciously from E.T. and and, you, and a re kind of a resurrection of the old Axis alliance there's a there's really like calling back to the old axis alliance uh the 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 beautiful blonde-haired uh white baby that the alien uh has become in this latest version of it uh is just an just an icon of whiteness that has a real clear iconographic history in Japan in the 20th century right so I'll get, in, yeah, I'll get into that in more detail later. But basically, uh, Nobita is sort of kicked off of the production s- set of uh, Suneo's film for his clumsiness. And then he goes, in the old version, he goes then to work with Shizuka, uh, a girl that they're all friends with. And she is kind of, okay, we'll make our own movie. Uh, she has a camera too, actually uh which and they're they're quite compact for the time i remember having a video camera in the 90s that was like five times that size really hard to carry around a kid couldn't carry it around wow um so i don't know about the budget for that but again kitchen debate uh so shizuka has one too and it's kind of like uh, you know his failure is like that he'll go and play with the girl and she's got all her stuffed animals and stuff and she kind of wants to make a movie that is perhaps a little more stereotypically girly, it seems. Uh, and uh, the the new version they've got rid of that. You know, there are a lot of kind of um, gender uh, politics changes, which are are you know good. Uh, another thing is that later on, the the bad guys sort of come and and kidnap Shizuka at a certain point, and that is happens when she takes the kind of horror movie uh step of like letting your guard down uh of taking a milk bath inside of the dollhouse so one of the uh big big points of this movie is that doraemon has a shrink ray they meet this alien and the alien is very tiny so there's this kind of gulliver's travels kind of element that they do explicitly call out in the credit sequence in the old film uh you you do they call that out specifically Right. And so basically like the, the alien, they meet this alien who turns out to be the president of this country far away or a yeah, planet far away that is like um, under threat, uh, uh, being ruled by an organization called Pishia, which the, the Japanese word for Russia is Roshia. So just substitute ro for P. Um, which P kind of sounds very cute. It's like a cute, cute kind of sound in Japanese. Uh, and the, the name of this alien is Papi, um, right? Which doesn't mean uh, father, uh, really. It kind of just kind of sounds like a robot, robot going like beep-boop or something. Uh, so, yeah, Poppy or Zelensky is like coming and, and asking for help uh, to these children, right? And uh, then, so Doraemon has a shrink ray that allows them to then become his size. And when they're his size, they can also, like, drive around toy uh, tanks. It's all tanks in the old one. You know, you realize sort of, like, the changes in kids' consumer toys that have happened and that would go together with Star Wars, actually. That was a huge thing, right? Like creating the Ewoks was motivated supposedly by the franchising of action figures and everything. It's so all, what appears on the screen is really determined by what are the toys that we can sell for it. Uh, and if you think of that, you know, the the conception of this movie really come, falls right into place and it's easy to imagine, right? And that whole multimedia uh environment like platform as a as a propaganda tool is just really effective i think right the kids that the toys that kids grow up playing with uh but at that time you know it's you realize oh yeah like they still had like all these toys that just look like world war ii war machinery they don't have like the futuristic other stuff yet uh and also all of shizuka's dolls are white people It's all white dolls, so you can do, you know, Toni Morrison, Bluest Eye, all of that, all the time, for Japan. Uh, The 1985 version of this, the Zelensky alien, uh, has a, like, super pointy nose, so he looks Western in a different way, but he also looks more like a gray alien a little bit, right? A little bit more like E.T. There was a recent podcast in Japanese that talked about this film, and, you know, they have studiously avoided any suggestion. Of course, this has nothing to do with the war in Ukraine. There's no, uh, can't possibly be any connection because they uh, were supposed to release it last year, for Christ's sake. Um, even though, of course, you will know, uh, you can, if you don't uh, listen to the prior episode on Azov versus the Orcs, but uh, of course, you will know that since 2014, America installed a very uh, fascist-friendly government that has been antagonizing, massacring, attacking uh, civilians in the Donbass region uh, based on their speaking Russian, right, in an inherently multicultural country, right, that just, yeah, so there's all that. Um, So you know, and since 2014, they have pretty clearly been trying to start this war uh, so there's no – it's not a stretch at all to imagine, like, this being and, – and I think things come together even faster now, as I was saying, right? So – but, yeah, the, uh, the old Poppy, the old Zelensky uh, alien is uh, – looks a bit more like a gray but with, like, a big pointy triangular nose. And um, the new one has a curl a tuft of blonde hair. And big, big aqua, like aqueous uh, blue eyes. All of the aliens have uh, either blue or green uh, eyes and very just cupid doll features. I didn't know what a cupid doll is when I first came to Japan, but everybody here does. Uh, and then I, you know, you look it up and you realize, oh, this was like a thing in American consumer culture in like the 1920s or 30s. And, uh, in Japan, it's just like, uh, and especially, uh, a white baby. I mean, it's, it's a white baby. It's an iconography of a white baby with curly, tuft of curly hair on the top and everything and, um, white skin and all of this. And, uh, the Kewpie mayonnaise, obviously the, the mascot of that is a, is a Kewpie doll. And even I, introducing my half-European, half-Japanese children, people immediately say, Oh, just like a Cupid doll, you know? And that's, that's real high praise. You know, uh, any, other, any number of other situations, uh, when someone looks cute, when someone looks good, people will say, Oh, they look like a hafu, which means half-European. And that is really the gold standard of beauty uh, here in Japan right and and when people say hafu they definitely there's there was a whole advertising campaign for makeup or something that was like hafu, get the hafu look the half look and so on you know make yourself look like you might be half foreign half half european specifically right half gaijin because gaijin means um usually european but but not asian uh interestingly you know in in uh china as well Right? Waiguren uh usually is applied to non-Asian foreigners. So there's a kind of pan-Asian consciousness there, which is dormant, lies dormant after the Japanese Empire, right? Which you know might has some interesting aspects to it. And then we have this honorary whiteness complex, uh, which is coming through real strong in this new version of this film. Uh, And it resonates with all the images of Ukrainian children that are on the TV right now. Constantly, they're showing all these Ukrainian children, refugees. Uh, Just not too long ago, they were saying, oh, here's all these Ukrainian uh, refugees, cute little babies and little girls and everything. Here's all these people uh, in an underground facility. They're in this underground facility right here. We're telling you exactly where it is, and and maybe, you know, Russia has bunker busters, and you know what they could do? They might come and attack this with bunker busters. What if they did that? Wouldn't that be awful? Okay, this is exactly what America actually fucking did in Iraq, Uh, but nobody cares. Uh, I just, at our university yesterday, there was um, the Japanese Communist Party picketing and doing a thing, you know, oppose the war, oppose Russia's war in Ukraine, and they're trumpeting the war. They're calling for uh, more aggressive, hawkish measures against Russia. The chairman of the JCP, Xi Kazuo, um, kind of confusing because, yeah, Yeah. the chairman of the CCP is Xi Jinping, uh, but the chairman of... The JCP is Shi Kazuo. So I can't just say Chairman Shi, can I? Um, But yeah, Chairman Shi, not Chairman Shi, but Chairman Shi. On Twitter, I searched for, you know, Somalia. Uh, The American invasion of Somalia just started up again. Uh, And then that's right where Japan has a military base. Do Do they know? that uh i you know i was imagining going up to them and asking i just i ultimately decided it's a waste of time i'm just going to yeah i'm just going to go uh and then i i kind of regretted not but you know what are you what are you going to accomplish what are you going to accomplish uh i you know those those old men and women didn't necessarily uh decide that policy either but anyway, they don't say shit about Somalia. They don't say, I, did they say anything about Libya? I, I tried searching. And Shikazo had had posted this list of historic wars of aggression. And he's like, wars of aggression are always bad. And the list starts with the Soviet so-called invasion of Afghanistan. And then list some American shenanigans in the 70s and 80s. Uh, But then it ends basically with the American invasion of Libya way back then. And it doesn't say shit about the invasion of Libya in 2015. And uh, now it's all about, so you get this picture of like, yes, Russia always was this horrible aggressor and Slavic fiend. Another of his recent gems was declaring Putin is exactly the same as Stalin Okay, so, I mean, this is just, um, uh, you know, it was really, it's interesting, when did the JCP become such an arm of American, um, and, you know, and, and I've heard whisperings that they receive NED funding, National Endowment for Democracy, look that up, there's good podcasts and stuff on that too, if you don't know much about that, but that is a CIA regime change operation, PR operation, operating all around the world, including Xinjiang, right, which, is, which now they're pivoting to. You know, I got to really get this episode out quick because uh, the Ukraine season is about to... You got to take down all your Ukraine uh, decorations and put up all your Xinjiang decorations and Taiwan decorations and monkeypox decorations, I guess. Whatever the latest Kony 2012 is, you know. Thank you for listening to this free preview of a premium episode of the Kingless Generation podcast, to hear more, head on down to patreon.com slash irregnata, that's unruled in Latin, feminine, singular, or you know, just search for it, it's kind of complicated, I know I had to, I, I think the names, simpler names were taken. Uh, yeah, so uh, we we have a, a Discord server uh, where you can get readings and, and other things related Uh, You know, this time I mentioned a certain short story that I didn't talk about last time in the one about post-war short story. Uh, So, uh, that's up there. You can see that. You can discuss other things, right? Uh, So, I hope we'll see you there. Take care. Be blessed.